With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank the Dolphins Talk Network for their support. Uh, make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back with another FinFans podcast right after the draft. With me this evening, I've got Daniel Reinhardt. What up, FinFans? Louis Argoni. Hello, 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 Dolphins. And Ryan Norwood. Hey there, Dolphins. So, tell me about it, guys. Were you excited? Woo! Four picks in. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but how, how do you think they did, Daniel? Look, man, there's a lot of people upset, but I think that we, we got some guys who have the potential to be really good football players for us. I, even even the sixth and seventh rounders have some potential, so I am not down in the dumps over it, and I'm sure we'll get into each one a little bit more. I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, I'm not depressed. I'm, ha- I'm happy. How are you feeling, Lewis? I've got mixed feelings. You know, I think that um, the positions that they addressed weren't the most important positions on the, on the team, but, you know, their philosophies in the past, they've reached for guys, you know, especially offensive linemen. And, you know, in the end, it's bit us in the ass by doing that. So, you know, they may have gone into this draft with a little different philosophy, you know, taking the best guy that they felt, you know, the, the most talented player that was still left on the board. You talk about BPA all the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, Cam Smith is definitely a decent football player at that point. You know, the running back, you know, again, I've got mixed feelings about him. I I mean, I know he can run, but, um, you know, he's got some negatives. But again, in the third round, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have guys that are, that have got some positives and some negatives. You know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're kind of hit and miss, you know, the late round guys, same situation, even more to an extent. But, um, you know, we shall see what happens. I mean, none of us uh, have that uh, Jim Johnson crystal ball in front of us. So, (laughs) you know, we don't know, you know, what will happen. Um, My before, you know, and then, of course, Ryan will go. But, you know, my thought is, is, you know, how much of an impact are these guys going to have right now on this football team? Because there's a lot of veteran players in front of these two guys that we drafted early on. And, you know, I felt that coming into the draft that they were going to need some guys that would make an immediate impact, especially on the offensive side. So, Well, I actually think, Lewis, that that Cam Smith is going to be in a position to have a big impact if he can um, get everything down by the time the season starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's a big if. I mean, like I said, Mike, 
there's talent in front of them, especially if Needham and those guys come back healthy. Yeah, um, but see what I'm what I'm thinking, and and maybe you'll agree, maybe not, but I'm thinking that maybe they use this guy uh, as a boundary cornerback, and you take Ramsey and put him in the Joker position, which he's played previously with the Rams. Mm-hmm, very possible. I mean, that may have been their thought process. Absolutely. So we'll see. I mean, you know, I think these guys are good football players, and hopefully they do you know, bring something to the table um, because, you know, we've seen just too much of, you know, draft picks to where, mm-hmm. you know, they're drafted, we, we get excited about them, and then we don't see them, you know, have any impact whatsoever over the course of a 17-game football season. It happened with, you know, a few of our draft picks last year. So, you know, we'll, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Go ahead, Rye, what you got? Yeah, so before the draft, I had – the Dolphins uh, looking at, you know, four main position groups being running back, tight end, uh, interior, offensive line, and corner. Thinking, you know, take a corner late in the draft, somebody you can develop behind X and behind Ramsey. So I 100% understand the position groups that they went for. It's the order they took them in, and then it's the guys who that who they took is where I'm a little bit confused. Um, kind of like you, Lou, you know, you're taking these guys, but what are they going to do? Because I talked to Mike the other day about it when we took the running back, you know, and Mike said this guy might be six or seven carries per game, but you're are you really drafting a guy in the third round for six or seven carries a game? Well, there's more to it than that, though. You got uh, there, there's kicks, more to it right? than that, but... I mean, yeah, he could return receiver out of the backfield, so maybe he becomes your third down back. There's all kinds of possibilities. There's a return man that we got to have, right? So maybe he plays in the return game. Potentially, but, you know, you also sign Braxton Berrios, who's a little bit more experienced as a returner. And a very good one at that. He's one of the better ones in the league. So, yeah, I mean, back to... I mean, I I get it, but out of all the running backs that were available at the time, this was not the one that I thought they would go with. There is not a long history. They are of infatuated guys. with speed. They are, but with that, you got to look at durability also, because this guy is, you know, less than 190 pounds, and there is not a really long history of guys who last in the NFL at his size. You're right. Or are productive at that at that right. size. You know, it's it's a few and far between. I mean, you can count the guys on one hand and still have room left over. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, you know. I mean, the guy has four three speed. I mean, that's that's the positive, you know. Yes. But but when you come to the NFL, you know, everybody is fast. Everybody's pretty damn fast. They're and, not his um, fast. Uh, no, not <laughs> no. Nobody nobody's his fast, Mike. But um, you know, everybody's a hell of a lot bigger. And yep. mm-hmm. you know, if it takes just a you know an arm stuck out as he's running by to <laughs> knock him for you know knock him on his ass, he doesn't help much. But We'll see what happens. I mean, again, I I don't know what their thought process was. I mean, I'm kind of on the same page with Ryan, you know, in regard to the order and, and, you know, what they attacked. And, you know, time will tell. I mean, you know, we can all sit here. We all have our opinions. And, um, you know, time will tell. Well, we all know time will tell, Lewis. I mean, it always does. You know, the guys we think are going to do well don't. And, uh, Sometimes the guys we don't think will do well do. That's just the way mm-hmm. it goes. But, uh, you know, it's hard not to be a little bit excited, right? <laughs> I'm excited. And I'll tell you. Not I'll, really, Mike. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. And there's some things that maybe we gloss. We may not necessarily be glossing over them 
But uh, there's a couple of things I want to point out about this guy that we haven't really said. And his receiving skills are fantastic. Uh, he not only has the change of direction skills that you want from a guy, but his vision is also excellent. He sets up blocks really well. And if you watch him on tape, he, he can take that one cut and take it to the house. We talk about his speed, but he, he can bounce off tackles. He has a good center, center of gravity. Uh, yeah, he's got good balance. Uh, and, well, what- and, I'll, and I'll tell you this too, and then, and then I'll let it go. Another reason why I'm excited, and we know coaches talk players up all the time, but you know, you go back and you listen to his high school coaches. They say he's one of the best, best athletes in Texas, fo- in Texas history as far as just like pure athlete. Track star, uh, all kinds of awards. So uh, I'm excited to see him in Miami because he was a baller at Texas A. Yeah, he's a track star that's also a football player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of times they take the track stars and try and turn them into football players, and that's not what they're doing here. This guy can play football. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, guys, we've seen this before, right? I mean, you know, I, I've read up in regard to this guy, and they're they're talking about incorporating jet sweeps, you know, with him on the field. Now, you know, def- defenses are going to understand that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're going to be in a position where they know that he's on the field to do that sort of thing. Um, well, I want you to think you about know, something, though, Lewis. Well, hold what? on, Mike. Let me finish my thought. So Jakeem Grant comes to mind in this situation, right? Great return guy, guy with a ton of speed and a guy that had ability. But, you know, when it came to being placed on the offense and and getting opportunities, it just never panned out. Now, I don't know if this guy's more skilled in situations than he is, but, you know, that's one of the ways they said they would utilize him. The other one was in screen passes. Now, I'll tell you this, guys. I mean... You know, let's go back to the counting on one hand situation that Ryan just used a little while back. I don't remember an awful lot of screen passes being thrown in McDaniel's offense. So, you know, they're going to have to create things for this guy in order for him to be productive. And if he's a one trick pony in that situation, then of course, when he's on the field, defenders are going to, you know, prepare for that. So, you know, that, those are my concerns. So go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. All I was going to say is you've got this kid, right, who's got this speed, and you're talking about teams, you know, understanding that he's fast and and playing accordingly. But what McDaniel is fighting is teams punching the middle of the field and hurting too, right? So now you've got a kid who gives you some outside threat, and you can't be in the middle and outside at the same time. You know, they've got to pick their poison to a degree. Right. And that's all I'm saying, you know, they're, they're, uh-huh. it gives them another chess piece to kind of get those defenses to stop, you know, bunching up the middle of the field. And I think and I, the, I go ahead, Ryan. Good. I was going to say, I think the Jakeem Grant thing is a little bit out of context. You mm-hmm. had Jakeem Grant, who was a speedster on a team with bigger guys. With this guy, well, I think he's tiny and I don't know if it'll work out. You're adding speed to speed. So even if teams are preparing for him to do a jet sweep or something like that they also have to account for waddle and hill on the outsides so you have speed on the outsides you have speed in the middle so there is a couple of things that mcdaniel could do you know trying to uh outsmart the other teams i i just think it's going to be you know if when he gets hit by a 240 pound linebacker is he going to be able to get back up yep 
Yeah, I'm not concerned about him being a one-trick pony. I, and I, I definitely think that Jakeem Grant thing is a little off because... Well, Jakeem was a receiver. He came in as a, right. as a he was return a receiver, specialist. But they used him on jet sweeps, Mike, when he was on the field, and it was somewhat not successful. Well, you know, I think in, in those chain, situations, you know, where they put him in the slot and they would use him as, you know, on jet sweeps. That was the last guy we basically used in that circumstance. That's the only that's the only comparison. I understand that they play different positions and this guy's more of a running back, but I was just using a comparison simply yep. because it just wasn't overly successful when he was running it. Go ahead. I I think that while he may run some jet sweeps, I uh, his bread and butter even though he's not a big guy is uh, using his leverage in running off tackle, running in between the tackles even. He's really good at that. Uh, and he w- just wait till you see his vision. If you haven't watched his tape yet, Lou, there's there's moments where he actually kind of reminds you of when you see Raheem Mostert making a cut because of the, he's seeing the second level of the defenders coming and where they're going to be. I think, and not only that, because... Mostert and Wilson are going to miss time this year. You can almost bet he's going to see a lot more play than we think, and I, I expect him to do some good things. The issue, though, is you got Eichenberg and Jackson who are blocking and setting everything up. So if those guys get beat off the snap, you know, can as quick as this kid he's is, he's got the speed to maneuver. Well, he does, but <laughs> does he have this? You know, we I haven't watched too much of him, so it's does he have enough quickness and agility and vision to? adjust when your left guard gets bull rushed as soon as you hand you you know get handed the ball well, well look, if the if the alignment's thrown back in your lap you're you're not going anywhere you yeah, know there's that, few that will yeah right and that was my concern was you're taking this little guy and putting him behind an offensive line of you know two guys that we were all prepared to be replaced i think uh, i go sorry go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I, I hear the gm saying that they 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 believe in those two linemen right now, you know, now until somebody takes their job, it's theirs. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, it's obvious that they, you know, that they're comfortable. I mean, we talked about that on a podcast a few weeks ago that, you know, maybe they feel that these guys are going to come into their own this year. But, you know, my thing is, is with the, with the running back is that if in fact you have that sort of talent on the field, then utilize it. And, you know, McDaniel's got to come up with the screen pass. As far as I'm concerned, forget about the jet sweeps, right? You put this guy in the backfield on third downs and you've got the two guys on the outside that are a major threat and you're throwing underneath to a guy that's a major threat. That's where I think he becomes vital and very important to your football team if they utilize him in that situation. They just didn't do it at all last year for whatever reason. I don't know. It, it wasn't part of their game plan at any point in regard to throwing underneath to their running backs in the flat. And, you know, I, I've, me and Mike talked about it consistently, game in and game out, that, you know, when you've got those threats on the outside and you've got safeties cheating, you know, from one side to the other and they're in the middle of the field, then get the running back in the flat and just dump it out there. And it's got to be good for at least five, six, seven yards every time because there's no linebacker or, or safety, you know, or nickel guy that's going to be able to get out there to cover him. And this guy, if he has all that speed, I think that's hopefully their vision and that's how they utilize this guy. Because if, in fact, they do that and he has this type of speed, then I think that's where he's going to be most productive in those situations. Yeah, my only question, Lewis, is why didn't they do that with Mustard? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, Mike. I mean, that's a big question, and that's exactly my point. I mean, you're you're basically saying exactly what I said is that you know if if this guy is that type of receiver, you know, I felt Mozart when when utilized in that situation was fantastic. I mean, he came up with some great plays catching the ball out of the backfield. I remember one specifically where he ran over half the team we were going against. He ran over five or six guys, but they, they just don't go back to it enough. I mean, you see it once every two games, and it's, you know, it's something that they have to incorporate into their game plan week in and week out. I, I, I think it's an absolute necessity. Yeah, especially that, when they're bunched in the middle of the field. Go I ahead, agree Dan. with that, Lou. That's something that we definitely need to expand. Well, I saw McDaniel writing something on a napkin. Maybe he was drawing plays. <laughs> hey, he looked most he looked excited when they took that. that yeah, guy. he did. He did. They took who? Who did they took? Running back. The running back. Okay, yeah. let let's talk about the first pick because we kind of just went right over the top of him. So, one of you guys start off with uh, Cam Smith and your thoughts. Mike, why don't you my, talk I gave about my thoughts? Oh, you did. Okay, go ahead, guys. Yeah, yeah I, I mean think, this. Go ahead. This guy had the potential to be a you know a second round pick, and he's just my my biggest problem with Cam Smith is his penalties. Right, he gets way too handsy. But other than that, he's really good at run stuffing. He comes down. He's very willing. He is. Uh, really good in zone coverage, which is one of those things that Vic Fangio is going to be bringing to our team. So he's a really good scheme fit there. It's going to be interesting. We talked postseason a little bit this offseason about penalties and how we had to clean up penalties. So that's the one area more than anything else that I think Smith is going to need to improve upon. I mean, yeah, he's a long athletic corner. He's going to fit in this defense. You know, he's got good vision, good ball skills. And he reads the, the play really well. I don't think that you could really look at this pick and be mad. Um, I The only reason I would say I'm against the pick is because, you know, it's not... We're sitting here with, you know, one tight end and there's other you guys got, on the you board. You three tight ends. Well, yeah. I mean, you had other guys on the board. I was sitting there expecting somebody else to come up, you know, for us to take a tight end. And then we take a defensive back, which, yes, it's a need. But I don't think it was the most pressing need. Uh, but, you know, Chris Greer did say that, you know, the fans on the outside, we don't know what they have on that team. And the way we see things are very different than they see them. Yeah, agreed. And being that he played in the SEC against the best of the best. Yes. He allowed the, the lowest percentage, completion percentage against him last year. Yep. Of, of all cornerbacks in the SEC when targeted. So. You know, obviously that's great. Uh, he he is coming in as an absolute stud, you mm-hmm. know, and he's feisty and, and he can get after it. So I I don't hate the pick. And I think maybe what Chris no, Greer's is a bit of a diva. I don't know exactly why they would say that because there was no details available. But uh, yeah, no idea for sure on that either. But I have heard he, he may have some uh, some attitude, attitude issues. Things. Yeah, 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 some attitude things. but. Uh, Landon Greer, right? Chris Greer's son played mm-hmm. with him. So it's yep. one of the guys who was in their ear about oh, this. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so they had uh-huh. some inside information onto who Cam was as a player and a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, obviously if there's people saying there's attitude problems, Landon would know, right? So, yeah. Well, what you might call an attitude problem, I may not see as a problem. Right. 
Right. You know, that's just the way that goes. That's a, a judgmental thing. Yeah, I mean, we don't really care what type of attitude he has as long as, I mean, listen, that's it. Ram- Ramsey yeah. has an attitude, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, a major attitude, maybe the biggest. I would say that Ramsey is probably the biggest shit talker and, you know, shit stirrer <laughs> oh, yeah. in the NFL. Wilkins uh, is up there. He's one of the top. Yeah, but Wilkins Wilkins does it in a different way, Mike. He's playful. Yeah, he talks a lot of shit. You. <laughs> Ramsey, well, Ramsey's a guy that just tries to get under your skin above and beyond. I yep. mean, he is just, you know, he's that type of guy. So, you know, as long as they're going out and they're doing their job, you know, we don't really care about, you know, their their attitude off the field or whatever the case may be. But um No, and I know, think McDaniel it, is is, you know, very calm about that kind of thing. I don't think it concerns him as much. Play football on Sunday, I think, is his biggest care. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you some really hard hitting analysis here. <laughs> I've just got a feeling about Cam Smith. I've got a feeling that he's gonna be a really good football player for us. Yeah, we've had a good track history of defensive backs in round two. Yeah, uh, yeah, no Xavier doubt. Howard. Absolutely. Listen, he's he's a very good football player. He, he really is. I mean, he's a good, good football player. There, there's no doubting that. I mean, you know, it's just the you know, it's just a question that Ryan brought up, and we don't have to, you know, rehash it. Um, but I think this guy's going to be a solid football player for us for years to come. And so um, we, I think, I think all of us were thinking as Miami was about to come up at fifty-one that we were going to go tight end. Right, Lou? We talked well, about offense. it last week. Uh, there was a bit of a run on tight ends. There was. Yeah, and the, and, there was. And the, uh, you guys, you and Ryan both had Darnell Washington at the top of your list for at 51, and, and he was still available. Come to find out what he's got some injury things. But our next pick in round six. He went, six, I think, five picks after we took him. Pittsburgh of all teams took him. You know, yeah. which, but go ahead, Daniel. Finish up. Well, I think naturally our next pick, right, uh, uh, in the sixth round. Mike was a guy who is going to be converted to tight end? Yes. Uh, he played more or less slot receiver in college, and uh, they have visions of moving him to tight end. Now, he has played a little bit of it, but. Receiving tight end, obviously. Yeah, yeah he's a six foot three, two thirty five, 235, so he's got some, some weight to put on him. Absolutely. No. And I'm sure, think- he's got, I'm sure he's got to get stronger, too. Yeah. Yeah, the offense, Daniel, I mean, you know, my thought was in the second round, and it didn't matter to me, as I said in the podcast we, we did er, you know, earlier this week, it didn't matter to me where it came from. I, I could have cared less if it was a wide receiver running, whatever the case may be, I would have been fine with a, an offensive guy that brings something to the table. You know, there was some decent receivers on the board at that point too, um, quite a few. So I wouldn't have been – upset by no means adding more bullets to the offense because I I truly believe that if two is to be successful, you know, they have to give him more ammunition. It you know it's it's just that simple. I mean, you know, people may disagree, but you know, two is limited, regardless of what, as far as I'm concerned, whether people want to admit to it or not. And I think that the the more you surround him with you know, in regard to receivers and a really solid tight end, it's going to benefit, it's going to benefit him. And, um, you know, that's what my thought process was. But again, you know, Cam Smith's a hell of a football player and, um, you know, he's going to be with us for a while. Yeah. And as far as Elijah Higgins from Stanford is concerned, uh, I really like this guy's athletic profile. 
He was the leading receiver for the Stanford Cardinal last year. Now, he wasn't a tight end at Stanford. He's going to be trans, which is the second year in a row, right, that we bring in a guy who was a receiver in college that we're, we're going to be transitioning over to tight end. You know, Tanner Connor, notably yep. from last year. But this guy was, he was a Pac-12 honorable mention for the all-conference team. He has an incredible frame very large catch radius which is something that right now we don't necessarily have and as mike noted mike noted he did play out of the slot a lot so being an inline blocker may not be his specialty yet which obviously we he know said he's be, willing but he is willing and i think he'll get his nose dirty and stanford has been known for pumping tight ends into the nfl i think they have like seven or eight current tight ends in the in the league right now, you know, notably Zach Ertz and Dalton Schultz. But yeah, I think this guy's going to be surprisingly productive in our offense. Again, if they get him on the field and they utilize him, I think he's got talent. I really do. I mean, at the, in the sixth round, you know, if you're using him in that situation as a tight end, you know, especially in the red zone, I think that's what their thought process is, is that they got I saw him here. breaking tackles, Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got a guy mm-hmm. in the sixth round here that, that may very well be a better player than Gusecki ever was. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, this guy does have talent, and he's big, six foot three. And I not mean, only can he break tackles, he's really good after the catch. You yep. know, he's good running yep. after the catch. And it's interesting to me as well, watching these guys that McDaniel and Greer are bringing in that are not your prototypical guys at the position, right? Devin A-Chain and now Elijah Higgins as well. When, yeah, they're not, they're not afraid to uh, take chances. Yeah, we break the mold a little bit. I don't like molds being broken. <laughs> <laughs> I think the molds that have been set for years are the molds that are successful. Um, football, well, the game football. is changing, Lewis, so you can look at that two ways. The game has changed, Mike. It's, it's still changing. changing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's reverting back, I hate to tell you, but uh, in an opposite direction. But we'll, we'll see. Again, time will tell. I like this kid, though. Yeah. I really do. Yep. In the seventh round, they took a tackle, right? Ryan Hayes? Well, he's going to yep. be a guard. Potentially a guard. I mean, he <laughs> might be a backup swing tackle. Yep. They don't, they don't really know. Yeah, they'll see right where now. he fits. I think the thing about him they talk about is maybe his arms aren't quite long enough to play left tackle, but he did anchor two consecutive Joe Moore award-winning offensive lines at Michigan, which, if you don't know, that the award goes to the top offensive line in the country. So he's got some success there at Michigan, and he gave up zero sacks last year. So in the seventh round, you get a Big Ten guy who's had consecutive awards as the best offensive line in the country. And giving up no sacks, you can't really beat that in the seventh round, I don't think. Uh, you got to put some context to that, Daniel. If you watch their offense, they get the ball out quick, or the quarterback is athletic and takes off. So this is a guy that hasn't been asked to block for two or three seconds. It's more, hey, just bump the guy in front of you, and then <laughs> something's going to happen. Well, that's pretty much what they're doing with Tua. I don't have to put context to it. I'll, uh, maybe put some context to that mock draft we did the other day, Ryan, where Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta would be gone in the third. Hey, mock drafts are always wrong. <laughs> did we do a mock draft? No, we didn't. No, Ryan did. I'm, I'm just giving Ryan a I did a, a few time. of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did a few just to get prepared for the last uh, we, we talk we had. 
It, it's just such an impossibility. Those, I, I, you know what? I detest mock drafts. I it's think a waste my, of time. Mike yeah. mentioned doing a show on the mock draft, and I said, "Well, people like them, count me know? out." But to me, it's a waste of time. I yeah. like them. I like them, but they they don't really have any bearing on what's actually going to happen. So, of course they're, not. They're nope. a time spender, but uh, yeah, they don't. Yeah, mean I much. mean, they they help me learn about the prospects, honestly. Which go. is good. That's a good thing, you there know. You when, when you're doing a show, and you know, as we do the podcast, it's it's a, it's a great thing because Lord knows we don't have time to follow a ton of college basketball on Saturdays because our Sundays are so occupied. So mm-hmm. if you're you watching football? football all day Saturday, <laughs> then you're probably single, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and no still kids. living with your parents <laughs> in the basement. In the basement, right? <laughs> or down by the river in a trailer. <laughs> Any other anyway. thoughts on this draft, gentlemen? Uh, nothing for me. I think it'll be interesting to see what we do with undrafted free agents, how we fill out the roster. And, you know, we got Byron Jones as a uh, cut coming pretty soon. So that's some extra money we're going to get. And uh, I've seen Taylor Lewan, the uh, offensive tackle from Tennessee, who has tweeted out that he's been in contact with the Dolphins. So. Maybe yep. we get our offensive line fixed Would there. you like their trainer better? <laughs> at this point, you know, I just don't want Austin Jackson. You throw at the things right at, right. You throw, You're reaching. You're reaching, You throw man. stuff at the wall, <laughs> and you hope that something sticks. That's, yeah. You know, that. I mean, we did that with Lamb last year, right? I mean, you know, he came out of nowhere, right? And he played pretty pretty well for us. Correct? Yeah. Um. You know, so – it's it's just funny because you know when you look at our team and you look at guys that that wound up playing pretty good football for us they leapfrog guys that we drafted pretty high you mm-hmm. know you know guys like Kahu and and people like that playing over Benogany and the same thing at the tackle you know we had guys that came in and actually did a really good job over some of our draft picks so. You know, the undrafted free agents and the signings that come later on, sometimes, you know, they're guys that actually, you know, do bring something to the table over they're the course They're not the, of the best season. athletes, but they have that chip on their shoulder and the effort is there and the drive is there. Yep. And sometimes they just come in and beat people out. Well, never forget, hashtag never forget. Cameron Wake was an undrafted free agent. Yep. So yeah. you, there are guys who come in and just blow blow up and make the team better from the jump. Uh, I, I thought overall it was a really inter- entertaining draft all around. Mm-hmm. I, I am excited to see what happens in the UDFA category. But I thought it was really interesting. And, I you know, sorry, Dolphins fans, we didn't get Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, <laughs> not yet. The, the DeAndre no, Swift no, 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 no. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, time out, time out. Okay? You're talking about Dalvin Cook and Henry, okay? Who was the guy you were talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that was a pipe dream. Austin Eckler. <laughs> Austin Eckler. Yeah, no, that was a that was a pipe dream. I'll, I'll admit that. But that's a, like I'm just saying, you know, there was a lot of talk pre-draft about Dalvin Cook maybe winding up in Miami. Uh, right. and obviously we know it didn't happen, but overall it was really entertaining draft. All the moves in the first couple of rounds were awesome to watch. Uh, super excited to see how it turns out for some of these teams, you know? Yeah. The we beginning of the draft is always fun, but we weren't participants. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible yeah. to watch. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the quarterbacks, my goodness. I mean, just one after another after another. I mean, it's just. Quarterback-driven I mean, league. Yeah. It, it is, no question about it. I think it it's, was something like uh, 15 quarterbacks in the first 150 picks, most yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Most ever. Yep. It it's was crazy. What did you guys crazy, think right? about? Uh, what you guys think about Houston moving up and after taking QB at two? I thought that was pretty interesting was, to see yeah. them go two three. That yep. was they got two really really good players. Never seen yep. anything like it. Nope, I've never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that building. They have to right. They have to do that. I mean, yeah. no no doubt about it. I mean, there there was a lot of interesting moves. You know, I, uh, I, I it, what was weird was is that New England just. I don't know what they do on draft day. I think Belichick just overthinks things because, <laughs> you know, I, I, their their draft picks. I mean, their their first round pick. It was, I I just don't get it. You know, the Jets. I think dropped the ball a little bit too, to an extent. What did what did you guys think of the Jets draft? I didn't really look at it to be mm. honest with you. It was interesting. It was interesting. You know, I I thought they would just go, you know conservative, you know, to where, hey, take the best guy on the board. We're in a really good position here. They, they took a few chances there, you know, um, with some guys, which I thought was really interesting. But we'll see. May pan out for them. F them picks. <laughs> I, I thought the Patriots' first two picks were really good. You know, they got that Did cornerback you? and that defensive lineman. I thought those guys were yeah. both pretty good. And uh, honestly, I, I do tend to agree with you because that first pick for uh, for the Jets, I think that was just a little bit of a reach. Uh, I think he would have been available, you know, 10 or 15 mm-hmm. picks later. After the two studs they got last year, they can reach a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would like to see him reach on every pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Nah. Good no. weekend. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy with the draft. I wish everybody else was, but some people aren't. They feel like we didn't address the tackle position properly. We didn't, you know, we took all the wrong players. You know how it goes. (laughs) Well, remember, guys, like last year we had problems on the offensive line and we were a play away from beating Buffalo in the playoffs. So, yes, we had problems. We had injuries. You know, if Austin Jackson starts and plays, you know, potentially we're even better than we were last year on that line. So, fingers crossed. Yep. And, well, yep. maybe if they had this kid returning kicks, we'd uh, score another touchdown. Who knows? Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and if Don Shula was coaching the team and we didn't have 5,000 penalties over the course of the year, we may have won two or three more games. Well, that is probably true, too. Ifs and buts. And if Tua didn't throw four interceptions in the fourth quarter, right, that's pushing it. <laughs> Just look at it this way. If we come out and the offensive line falls apart and Eichenberg and Jackson and them you know, play like we expect them to play, maybe Chris Greer gets fired and Lou gets his wish. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want the guy to succeed, you know? I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm, you just get frustrated. He's made know? a lot it's of questionable decisions. Now, whether or not any of these players are a questionable decision, that will come out in time. Mm-hmm. But, Mike, you know, these are understandable. You know what I'm saying? Because they're a little bit later, to an extent. You yeah, know? no, definitely. I mean, definitely. You know, they're, they're, they'd be somewhat understandable because you're always taking a crack, especially come third round, you know, but your second round picks, you know, and I think he did well with the guy they drafted this year, which we've already talked about. But yeah, they, they have to, you know, your first round picks have to be, you know, guys that, that are here they have for to be years. difference makers. They have to be. They have yep. to be here for years, you know, whether they become even 
marginal players in the NFL that have to be a starter across your team. It's somewhere, uh, whatever position they're drafted at, and be part of your football team, not, you know, not just tossed aside and riding the bench, you know, a year or two after they're drafted. So we'll see, you know. I look at it like your first no, round picks have to affect the scoreboard. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike? Your first round picks have to affect the scoreboard. Yes, they absolutely one way or the other. Either they're stopping points or they're scoring points. Productivity. That is the word of the day. Yep. At the end of the show, we're bringing in the word of the day. You and your words of the day. Product. I got a word for the day. It's called over. Activity. (laughs) It's been a long day, gentlemen. Been a good time, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It it was it was good. It was fun tonight, guys. We need to do this late, you know, tape late. I think everybody's in a loosey goosey mood, including Mr. Fink, which doesn't normally happen. But uh anyway. What are you saying there, boss? <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I'm saying you are Mr. Monitor. You never know what's gonna come out of his mouth. Anyway. Uh, thanks for joining me guys and thanks for listening everybody Uh, I'm excited if nobody else is Mm -hmm. and uh, fins up everybody fins up up. fins up doll fans alright that's today's show I just want to remind everyone that the fin fans podcast is proud to be part of the dolphinstalk.com network check out their site there's all kinds of articles and podcasts which you'll enjoy until next time be well and take care Podcast Network.